Hi, this is John Bruni, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorello. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is the substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, is the 21st of September 2019. Um, as we always do, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because everybody knows what we're doing here with rewiring, and we're going to be doing a big show that within, I think, um, probably the next two months with uh, Steve Cotter, we're going to be talking about the reptilian brain, which is going to be real interesting stuff because, as we say, you know, uh, rewire to refire, and that's what we're doing here. Um, anybody that knows John McKean, and uh, most people do here, we are going to do a show where we know that the same thing happens with the power rack, where it does a lot of rewiring. So we're going to be getting into a lot of things. One of the things I have been saying today and for every day, you ought to practice this, and you can add whatever you want onto it. I am, I have, and that, and you know, and I can. Because when you speak like that to you, you start formulating sentences. And these sentences sentences are absolutely positive in nature. That's one thing. But what you do is you learn to visualize what you want, whether it's a new car, a new home, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, a bigger lift. But what you end up doing is you take and you put it right to the very end. So your visualization is basically... It's already happened. And when you do that, you let it go. All right? So if you're like with me, I want to be out in Wyoming next year. Log cabin, the whole deal. What I do, when I do it, but it isn't a lot, I write it down a lot of times and fold it up and put it away, is I visualize Jackson Hole, Wyoming, my surroundings all around me because I've gone out and I've looked at pictures everywhere, and there's my log cabin right in the middle. And that's how you do things. And we're going to get into this more and more because you need this for training and everything else. It's just not going to be go out and lift a weight and hope it goes up for you. It might go up, but it's not going to last like that because you have to have a plan. So we're going to talk more and more about that. Number two, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions, that is our premier product. There's 14 modules there. Um very interesting stuff. There's enough stuff there to last your career if you really want to do it. I mean, if you like high shrugs, power rack work, sandbag stones, et cetera, et cetera, it's all there. So go out and take a peek at that. Also, too, invest in Fiorello Barbell Company and Motivation Muscle. We'll be up 
with the podcast five years the 29th of this month. That is huge because most shows, if you go out and read about podcasting, last 30 days. So we've beaten the odds many times over. But you go out here, and our Prosperity Conscious page is on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. There's a 25 50 and $100 investment, not donation. We're not putting a cup out. We're telling you and asking you to come in and invest in something very worthy um, and do that. There's a 25 50 100 like I said, goes right to my PayPal account, goes right into the business, and we just keep investing and growing bigger and bigger. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and look at all the shows out there. They're just monstrous. You know, there's close to 2,000 shows. Um, just incredible. Um, so go out, you'll find whatever you want. And we've had huge people all over the place here. Um, when I had Clarence Bass on here last, or almost two weeks ago, Monday, he couldn't believe the people that were on here for such a young show. I was like, well, if you're not going to go out and dig and go after people and be a little aggressive. And of course, a lot of people have brought people to me and others have contacted me that heard the show and wanted to come on. This is what you do. This is how you succeed in life. But I will tell you, if you don't want to work, you might have a problem. Uh, This is not going to come to you, and no one's going to tap you on the shoulder and give it to you either. So I love entrepreneurship, though. There's nothing else I'd rather do. I don't care how many lumps and bumps I got to take to get to where I want to get. I will take them, and I'll dish them back ten times harder. That's the attitude you got to have. Also, too, don't forget to go out to – motivationmuscle.com sign up for a free newsletter it goes to mailchimp and any content i put out we are content rich will go to your inbox also too another way to invest go out to um, motivationmuscle.com sign up or buy some advertising here Um, we're going to be around for a long long time and i will work diligently to promote you and you will help me in a big way as far as where we want to go. As everyone knows who listens, uh, this is going to be a national radio show by the time I'm done with it. Because we, the world needs us, man. Believe me. They need some positive attitude. They need people that got goals. They need people that want to help one another. There's not a lot. There, there is stuff out there. But if you listen, and I hope most of you don't listen to anything mainstream in the media, I mean, you won't have a brain left. I mean, everything is about being defeated. Can't do it. Well, we don't live like that here. So that's why with the kids and every age genre here, we got them. And I can't wait to get it all going the way I want totally. Also, too, don't forget about our YouTube channel, uh, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And before I bring Beth in, um, I want to say thank you to Ontario, Canada. Uh, I put this up on um, on my on Facebook the other day on Etched in Stone. Uh, I'll tell you, we got a following there like you wouldn't believe. I was out looking at some of the stats the other night. The biggest state in the United States that is all over us, and they're gigantic, is West Virginia. I was shocked. They are the biggest listenership in the USA. Of course, you got Los Angeles and New York right close to it, but I couldn't believe it. I was like, it totally surprised me. So it's great. Now, as I said, you know my position here. 
I love to have new people come in here. And we got a new one, too. And this was via John McKean, who everyone knows is a great, great friend of mine. Um, I've been following John as a kid from the days of Hard Gainer. And let me tell you, to be affiliated and associated with him now, as a kid, who would ever think I'd be talking to John, interviewing John? We'd talk about projects we're going to do. So Beth, uh, uh, I hope I got this right, Skaraki. Did Did I get that right, Beth, or did I mess it up totally? Very close. It's Squarecki. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a little information on Beth because Beth is coming in here. She's a new family member. We would love to have her in here for the next 30 years if she'd like to be part of us. And I'm going to give you some information on her. Number one, she's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, writer for health and science. She's mm-hmm. played roller derby. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, and I – and. She said, you know, she dabbles in all types of fitness. I'll call her a fitness expert because when you have to go out and learn all these different genres of things, I mean, right there is a big thing, you know, and most people won't do that. And I'm not comparing her or myself to anybody, but I'm talking about today. I love people that are adventurous and they're not afraid to get knocked on their can. Because they're going to get back up and they'll succeed at it and go to the next thing. Or they'll find something and they'll plant their feet right in the cement and stay with it. Also, she's a power lifter, an all-around lifter. Now, that's where I found out about Beth because John had sent me some stuff. He says, you got to see this girl. And he sent her doing it. She set a record in the all-arounds. And it was for a side press. And a, a, a side, bent. bent side press, right? It's called bent press. There's something else called side press. This one's a bent press. Okay. It was incredible. So I said, we got to get her on here. So we have her here. So Beth, welcome to the family. It's an honor to have you on. And uh, anything, you know, we talked about Instagram, give out any information like that, where they can find you. And we'll start today's show, please. All right. Thanks. It's great to be here. So, um, yeah, so I think the best place to find me is on Instagram as Beth SKW. Um, so B E T H S K W. And like, that's where I, you know, I'll, I'll post like some videos of, you know, like lifts I do or, you know, whatever I'm up to. Um, so, and I've got my, my world record bent press up there. So that's, that's awesome pretty fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, you should be very proud of that. Um, let me ask you this, obviously, I mean, You've been doing some stuff for a long time. But I always ask this question first because I think this is very important. Um, I'll go briefly on myself because this is how we do it, is what really got you in? And here everything's called physical culture. We don't we don't call it anything else. You know, we, we hark to what it was and, and is, and it is mind, body, spirit. Your spirit can be whatever you want to call it. Now, I had a brother. I still do. He always will be. My brother Jimmy had muscular dystrophy and, you know, ended up becoming wheelchair bound and died very young. Um, But as I've said on multiple shows, I mean, that's the influence. Uh, Fiorello Barbell Company and Motivation Muscle are both dedicated in his honor. That's why I'm here. And, of course, being a young boy and being frightened of it, you know, you go to your parents and, you know, well, you're not going to get it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's not that you don't believe them, but, you know, you're still, I'll use the word apprehensive, even though I didn't even know that word back then. So one day, I, I always like comics. So one day I'm in this store and I see this comic with this monstrous green guy on the cover. 
I go over and grab this book, and it's the Incredible Hulk. And I was like, holy God. And it was like, the first thing that flashed in my head, believe it or not, without even reading a page, was if I can get as big and strong as the Hulk, I can't get muscular dystrophy. And that's where we are today. Of course, we lost Jimmy. But Jimmy was a brother like no other to me because, I mean, other than he couldn't walk, obviously, and, you know, he needed a lot of care, he went with us everywhere. I mean, there was always a bunch of kids, no matter what we did. And I'll say this, and I'm going to go right to Beth, is this. I've said this, and I will say this to the day we're off the air. I never saw him get upset. I never heard him complain. And there he is sitting in a wheelchair in the hot sun watching us play and cheering us all on. And I used to say to myself, and I still do in my head, how the hell did he do that? How could he sit? I can't sit still for five minutes and sit there. Well, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I think about him all the time. I wonder what he would be today. But he left me the greatest gift because he's the one that got me into physical culture, period. And that's the and also my, my favorite superhero to this day. I still get comics and I watch anything Hulk related. So, Beth, that was my start. Give us a little, give us some information. I mean, um, what got you into physical culture? Was it a parent, a friend, the comics? What got you cooking? So, yeah, I don't, I don't have like a, a, you know, a real inspirational story. I was actually, I was like the nerd when I was growing up who like, I loved learning things. I loved reading. And like, when it came time for gym class, I was like, why do we even have to do this? I was like, <laughs> so not active. Yep. But um, but that changed when I got to college and there's like this requirement you have to take, you know, some kind of physical education class. And so I, I did something that I never would have done with a science class, which is I went and signed up for the thing that looked the easiest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was it, it was just like it was called like cardio fitness or something. And we would just show up a certain number of times a week to the gym and basically you know, like there was a little bit of like a lesson on like how your body works. And then you just like hop on a treadmill or on some kind of machine for half an hour. And, um, and you know, and it was boring, but I was like, huh, by the end of the semester, I was like, you know, like this has gotten easier. Like Mm -hmm. when you train, you get stronger, you get better. And while I was on those, you know, treadmills or whatever, you know, like this is back before smartphones. So I'd grab a magazine and, you know, a lot of them were like the women's magazines, like shape and self. Mm -hmm. And they would talk about, they would have like little routines in there that you could do with dumbbells. And so I'd be like on the elliptical or something and like look across the room at like the machines and the dumbbells. And, you know, and they did that thing a lot of gyms do where they put the weights in like a separate room from Mm -hmm. where the equipment is. And Mm -hmm. you end up with like, you know, it, it's kind of intimidating over there because you're like, I've never been there. And right. like, especially as a woman, you're like, it's full of guys. What are they going to think when I walk in? You know, but like, that's what sort of got me thinking about it. And so when that class was over, I kept on going to the gym and yeah. I started to branch out a little bit and try some of the machines and the dumbbells and whatever. And then um, when I went home for the summer, I was like, oh, where can I find a gym membership around me? And I couldn't, you know, find anything I could afford. So I started running. Mm -hmm. And that was that was another whole like adventure in itself, because I I found, you know, on the Runner's World website, there's like this little program. These days, there's Couch to 5K. This was before that. But um, but it was like this thing about like you run for this many minutes and you walk for this many minutes. And then the next time you do, you know, a little more running, a little less walking. And I remember the first day that 
you know, it was like you run for four minutes and take a quick walking break and then you go run again. And I said, what if I just skip the walking breaks? And I like, you know, found like a nice, easy pace. And I actually did my whole run. And I was like, holy crap, I'm a runner now. How did that <laughs> Yep. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so like from then on, I was like, okay, the, like physical culture, as you call it, is part of my life. Like yep. this is, and, and also it showed me that like, my body can learn to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to college and I still had to take one more class. So I took a karate class and I ended up, you know, like hanging out in the karate club. And, you know, like once again, I'm like learning things that I never knew my body could do and I'm getting stronger and, yep. you know, feeling better and everything. Um, and so that's kind of how it all started for me. And then after that, I've, you know, like I said, I've, I've done a whole bunch of different things and I really enjoy the challenge of like taking on something new and like learning how to do it and like learning how to be good at it. And, you know, there's nothing that I'm like particularly great at, but there are a lot of things that I managed to get really good at and yeah. it's always so satisfying. Yeah. Because I mean, it doesn't matter because it builds in this. I mean, obviously now with the power lifting and the all around you're doing, you know, at the time, who knows where it's all going to go, but all those different pieces of the puzzle that you built, you know, you concentrate on one or two things, you know, damn well, you're going to get great at it because you've built foundations all over the place. You know, too many people are one dimensional and what ends up happening is you get hurt or you have to go in and have something fixed. I've had this with friends of mine, you know, they're good athletes. One in particular was a great Olympic lifter, blew his back out, Mm. you know, came back. Never the same. Came back, never the same. Finally, it was it. And I think more than anything, it got in his head. More than that. I'm not saying he wasn't hurt and the surgery did this and that. And he'd go and get this done. This is the latest technique. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I also think, too, when you keep doing things like that to your body, your body never really has a chance to heal properly either. I think when you're constantly... We're going to do another one. We're going to do this. We're going to take this shot. You know, I I think you've got to be patient when you have things like that happen, even though it's very hard to be patient because everybody wants to get back to their prior level or better. Mm -hmm. And and when you've had things to that extent, I don't care who you are, your mind gets damaged. And you've got to figure that out. And I think with my buddy Richie, I think he never – got his head straight and what ended up happening to him he ended up that was it he never did you know he lifted but it always seemed like he got another injury somewhere else and all this at first I was like boy this is not good you know and then suddenly you know over a span of a few years that's what alerted me to him mentally. I said, something's going on with him mentally. He never got rid of it. He never fixed that. And what it did, the triggers kept, we talk about rewiring and refiring. Well, these were all new triggers that were setting off because of all the prior things. So, yeah, I think what you're doing, I mean, like a lot of people, it's obviously going to point to what you're doing now. Now, I know we're not going to hit upon this real hard, but I'm real interested and you being a writer um, in health and science. Now, just give everybody out there a little bit of what you get into because, you know, we got a blog here and a lot of people write for it. And, you know, we're always interested in different opinions and things of that nature. But tell me a little bit about that, what you do, Beth. 
Um, yeah, so, you know, my background is in science and um, <clears throat> and I like to write. And so I became a writer and I've written about like all kinds of different things. And some of it's just, you know, like science and like what's going on with research and biology these mm -hmm. days and stuff. But I also, you know, whenever I read about something having to do with fitness, I'm always curious about like, okay, well, how does the body work and what's going yep. on with that? And it's also really interesting to see like how things have changed over the years and some of the things that you know I remember being told you know like back in the day when I was like first getting into you know like this cardio class and like reading the magazines and like they'll talk about like I don't know things like how you have to stretch so you don't get injured and then like yeah. later on you know you find out that research is showing that like well it doesn't it may not actually work that way you know yeah. and I find it really interesting to like to learn about like how we as a community are learning about how our bodies actually work, right? And like some of the variations between people, like you you can learn about like what science knows about, you know, people in general and physical culture in general. But then there's also like, we each have one body to experiment on. And, yeah. oh. you know, and you know, you never know exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I, and I think it's really interesting what you were saying about um, like injuries and mindset and like, yeah. One, one thing that's, you know, come out sort of recently is that, like, your mindset does have a lot to do with how you experience pain and injury. And, yep. you know, and sort of like the flip side from what you're saying, if you get hurt, but you're like, that's OK, my body can handle this. It's not necessarily a big deal right. um, that that can change, like, physically what ends up happening as you heal and like your ability to train. It's like, you, you know, like your mindset doesn't like go in there and like fix the actual injury but it can but like pain is a perception you know yeah. and yep. so it can change how you perceive it and how you deal with it so like since learning that I've um it used to be like if I was doing like let's say I'm doing squats and like right. my knee is hurting like just a little bit you know I'd be like oh no I'm injured I better stop doing squats exactly and yep. you know but like these days and like there's a lot of like research to back this up is you know like what you need to do is you just like figure out how much to back off so that it doesn't hurt too much and then see if you can do that. And then you keep on training, you know, maybe at a different level, but you keep on training through it because most things, you know, that are just like little tweaks and twinges will work sure. themselves out. And in the meantime, like you don't have to be like, Oh shit, everything's done. You know, I'm done. Yeah. For. Yeah. You know, like you, you figure out how to get through it. And so I, I found it very interesting, like over the past year or so, like that's my approach now when something you know, starts to like not feel great. And right. like, it works. I've gotten yeah. through things that like, I thought were going to be a big deal, but I didn't take time off, or I didn't take very much time off. I just, you know, kept working through it in like a smart way. Um, yeah. yeah, well, it's just amazing it, how that works. It is because especially with all this rack stuff, John and I are doing, you know, you can go as high as you want. But you know, the secret to all this stuff back in the day with Bill March and everything and Lou Ricky and all these guys that were just perennial greats uh, was this. You know, these guys weren't going at, I hate using the word 100%. I don't know. Is there such a thing? I, I have no idea. But let's just say for the sake of what everybody thinks, 100%, well, they would run two to three workouts in a row at 50, all right? So, I mean, obviously they were using enormous weights, and 50% people say, well, that's not even working. You're wrong. It is working because unless you're telling your body all the time, oh, geez, I'm not pressing 300 pounds. I'm only using 150, it doesn't know. 
It does not know. And it's good because, it, you know, we just talked about the mind. You need that mental rest even when you're training. You need to be able to go in there and be as fierce with 150 as you would be with 300. Mm -hmm. And that's how I approach it. Now, I'll tell you something interesting. I've had many days out there um, where, you know, you're getting thumped around pretty hard. You know, stuff that you would move off a set of rods not moving today. Or maybe it goes up an inch or whatever. Or you're just not... You just off a little bit. You can feel it, but you don't want to acknowledge it, but something's going on. And I was telling John this the other day because this has been going on for a couple of years now. You know, there's certain people I will call out when I'm training if I feel like I'm not moving, man. And John's one, Steve Jack, Paul Anderson, name after name that I admired that I felt were, you know, I even called Jimmy, my brother, um, You'd be amazed, Beth, that I can't say every time, I'll say at least eight out of ten times I'll move the weight. Why? Because you're, you're caught, look, they may not be here physically, but I always think of them as energy. Because we're all energy, I don't care who you are, whether you're in a physical sense or not. I always feel these people are around me. My grandmother, she lived 108. Um, I call her name out plenty. Um and it works. And people look at me or say to me, you're out of your mind. I was like, maybe, but I'm moving huge weights, so I don't really care, you know, if you think I'm out of my mind. What I found with weightlifters in general, men and women, the ones that really get what physical culture is, we kind of, we walk a little different path. Um, and it's because of the way we think. The way we do things, our approach to things, the way we carry things out. Do we have the right formula all the time? No, I, I'll be the first to admit it. But here's the difference. We don't quit, okay? And when you when you resign yourself to saying, I'm not quitting this. You know, it's like here with, with both businesses. You know, I didn't start one, Beth. I started two. You know, prior to all this, I had a big job in information technology, I was a systems programmer and did all the big IBM systems, which you don't see out in the open. They're usually behind banks and hospitals and insurance companies, you know, the big stuff. Made a lot of money, walked away from it, not even close to what I was making when I left five years ago. But here's the deal. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur, and I got to tell you, the freedom to of being an entrepreneur, I push people all the time through the show. It is the best thing you could ever do for yourself. But I will caution you this, and it's like the weightlifting has taught me so many things, especially with business, and now business is teaching the weightlifting too, is this. I can't go back to what I did before. I'm not the same guy I was five, six years ago at all. There's no, other than the body, the lineage, um, the training, and that's all changed in a lot of ways too. I could no more step in that arena than, you know, I could skydive off the Empire State Building and hope I make it to the bottom, you know, in one piece. My point is this. This is a very intriguing thing, this stuff, physical culture, and the way it carries into your personal life, and the way you can be very, very successful if that's what you choose to be. I want to be a guy that 
has the means to do whatever he wants financially because financial buys you freedom financial buys solutions where we can start helping more and more people i know a lot of people that are real put down artists of making money and have all these causes and i said well i think your cause is great but you're you're uh undermining what you want to do and they're like what i said how do you think you can move ahead with anything if you don't have the financial means to do it? And they kind of look at you and go, whoops. You know, that's my point here. All this stuff we're doing, all the people we're helping here, you know, we've got you on here today, another new voice in here. People that care about what others are doing. we got a lot of people out there that are just kind of walking around in circles saying, I'd love to get into physical culture. I'd love to just be able to walk half a block, but I'm so damn heavy and out, and out of wind and, I, you know, my feet hurt, the whole thing. Well, that's why we're here. And the more people that we bring into our family, the better it's going to be because I promise everyone we will be national. And then we're going to really have a platform all over the place. But that's enough with here. But the, and you can comment on that. But one thing that that when John sent me some uh, some uh, stuff about you basically was roller derby. Now, if you want to comment or I cut you off, you know, lay it out there. But let's hit the roller derby next when you're all set. Yeah. No, I can I can tell you all okay. about roller derby. Um, yeah, so that was, um, let's see, how did I get into roller derby? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, somebody just, you know, like there was a, a roller derby team. So maybe I should back up and say um, sometimes people remember roller derby from like being on TV or yeah, whatever, yeah, like yeah. a long time ago. Um, and it's sort of that version of roller derby sort of died out. And okay. then in like the early 2000s, there were a few people who picked it up and it was a very um, – you know, and it was it was a very like independent punk rock kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And like and it was women's teams doing it. So the original was like co-ed. There would be like a men's yeah. team and a women's team. And the way it got started, you know, in the modern era is like these women's teams and they'd give themselves like stage names and they would go out there. But it you know, but it's not fake. It's not scripted like wrestling. It's like you're actually playing a game on the track and yeah. they and because they didn't have access to um, the bank tracks, they figured out a way to play it on just like a flat surface, like a roller rink or whatever you could find. Yep. And so, um, you know, maybe a few years after it got started, when it was starting to, you know, like leagues were starting to pop up in different cities, um, I happened to meet some of the people that were getting a league started where I was. And um, and so I came to a practice and like, you know, a few of the other people there could skate and I could barely skate. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I always loved roller skating. Like I thought it was fun. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll come to another practice. I'll, you know, see what happens with this. Like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play roller derby, but time went on and it was, you know, another one of these things where I'm like learning how to do things with my body that I didn't yeah. know my body could do. Like the first time I did crossovers on roller skates, you know, like just to be able to like do those tight turns by sort of like crossing your feet over each other. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And, yeah. um, you know, and if you do it the first time you do a crossover, it's like you pick up your foot and you put it down on the other side and you're like, wow, that's cool that I could do that. But that's a, a weird, awkward motion. And then by sure. the time you learn how to do it for real, every time you do a crossover that gives you power. Right. Like if you watch ice skaters, like they do crossovers when they're building up speed to get into your ju their jumps. And it's like, oh, this should be building speed for me. Well, then I have to push harder. I need to figure out like how to 
how to make my body work so that it's doing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so over time, you know, like our team grew and, and I, you know, grew as a skater and, you know, by the, you know, I, I played for, I want to say seven years. And by the end of it, I was coaching people and, wow. um, yeah. And, and I love coaching people. It was so fun. People would, would say like, Oh, I couldn't play roller derby. I can barely skate. And I would say like, well, that's where I was at first. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it, it was just like, this was the first like sport that I was good at. That was actually like a recognized sport, right? Like anything I had ever tried to play before. It's like, you know, I, I had never been particularly good at like, I don't know, softball as a kid or anything sure, but, like sure. this, this I figured out. And I really liked that feeling of being good at things, but also because I wanted to keep getting better. That's when I, you know, got back into some of the things that I'd dabbled with before into running and lifting. And because I wanted to like, do squats to build stronger legs because in sort of a squatting position when you're skating around the track. And I went back to running because I wanted really good endurance. And because, Mm -hmm. you know, another skater I knew who was a runner said, yeah, since I've been running, my footwork has gotten a lot better. I can be a lot quicker on my feet. And I was like, I want that too. So um, it's, it's so great to be working toward a goal and to have like people around you, like my teammates who are, you know, also working toward that goal, but also like supporting you in yours. And it was just like a really great experience. Yeah. It, it, you know, I've, I'm always one of those people and obviously, you know, hearing what you just said about support and people that, you know, had more experience. I just think it's a lot of people don't like this, but I think especially where I am right now, you want to have contemporaries, obviously. But if you want to really grow and get better, you got to have people around you that are better than you. Now, a lot of people have a hard time with that. All right. I don't because my whole concept is this. I want to be taught and I want to be a teacher. And that's what we do. We teach. And the only way you're going to get better and more successful is, you know, whether I'm going out and listening to this guy or this girl, how to do this, how to do that, you know, write this, you know, you know, obviously when you're doing different I am's or incantations, you know, white pad, blue pen. Why? Because the word is that communicates with the universe more. Fine. It doesn't matter to me. I, I want to do what I want to do. What do I write every day down? What do I write at night before I go to bed? What am I grateful for? All these things. And people say to me, well, how do you have time for that? I said, I make time. I'm pressed all day, all night. You know, whether I'm out getting work on the outside to keep the businesses cooking, whatever, training, going out, family, whatever it is, I make the time. And what I do, too, you know, we talked about you push, 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 you know, you know, you break down or you get to one thing that I tell people is this. Don't push yourself with anything to the point where you can't even do anything anymore. And I mean, everybody's had it. You can't really think straight. You know, you're not feeling yourself, you're not sleeping well, you know, you're arguing with everybody, you can't stand yourself. When it gets to that point, you know, I'll even do with the businesses or the or with um, the shows. I back off for a few days. Just get a fresh perspective. And if things are really dogging you when you're doing stuff, stand up and walk away from it. That's not showing weakness one bit. What it's showing is smartness. It's showing that, okay, it's not working right now. If I go out and wash the car and spend an hour on the car, or I go out and do some neck work 
and some grip work with the Apollon axle for 40 minutes, I guarantee I'll come in here and shred everything that I couldn't do before. Why? You've taken and done, as we like to call, a paradigm shift where whatever was going on that was basically had you by the throat, it's gone now. You went and did something that was productive. I don't care if it's going out and and stacking 20 bricks. It's going to change your whole perspective. And that's what's most important, I find, with everything in life. You know, surround yourself with the people, the places, and the things. And they are going to come to you as you start thinking that way that you need. They will come to you. Life will deliver that for you. Um Next thing, I guess, unless if you want to uh, hit me back with anything, go ahead. I I do want to say something about like surrounding yourself with people who are absolutely like with your peers, but also who are better than you. So Mm -hmm. here's here's another thing that I like dabbled in is um, I used to be really into swing dancing. Okay. And when I when I first started doing it, you know, like I'll, I'll go to a dance and like I couldn't even. You know, they were like these social dances where like you go and you can dance with anybody and everybody's super friendly. But like I would sit there and be like too intimidated to do it because everybody was so good. And I would yeah. watch some of the the best people and be like, wow, I can't wait. You know, imagine if I were the best in the room. And for, for a long time, I was like working hard at it and learning moves. And there's a lot you have to learn about, like how your body relates to like the other person you're dancing with and everything. And I would think like, oh, I want to be the best person in the room. And then a few years later, there would be some dances that, you know, if they were small dances and not a lot of people showed up, I would be the best person in the room. Awesome. And it, kind of, and it was kind of sad. And I was like, oh, well, I miss having somebody to look up to and somebody yeah. to watch and somebody to be like, oh, that person's really good. I want to dance with them. Um, so, like, as much as you might want to be the best in the room, like, it's it's kind of sad to not have somebody to look up to. So now yeah. I... I kind of think about, you know, and if you're in a situation where maybe you're training on your own or with you're with like a small group of people who, you know, maybe you are the best in the room. It's like you have to look outside of that to see, like, who am I looking up to? Yeah, Um, I I think I think that's a great way to think about it. No, I think so, too, because, you know, you do need people like that. You need mentors. You need all those things. You know, I don't care how good all of us are. You just can't do everything on your own. That's just not the way things are. And I welcome anybody that's better or whatever because it sets the bar higher mm-hmm. and 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 you know when you know i can tell you got a lot of spirit just by the way you speak it's like when you go in and you have that type of attitude and you can convey messages let me tell you you can win a lot of people over and that's very important because you know what i call that as my pop would say leadership and leadership is something now we need more than ever from what I'm seeing with everything. Um, and being a leader is very tough because you got to make decisions and you got to do things that sometimes aren't very popular. But I believe you will always have people that will surround you and be better than you. And that's how I think with everything because – to me, everything that I do and a lot of other people do that are affiliated with this show is we're all entrepreneurs, and everybody wants to get better. No one's going to come on here and say, ah, I'm all right where I am. I'd be like, what? You know, it's like, no. It's always like I always say, you know, Walt Disney always said, leave a legacy, which I'm totally in favor of, and he was always like, every day grow, want more and more and more. So when you leave this world – you have not fulfilled it. And I think that's bright as can be because it's like it gives you the advantage all the time of saying, okay, 
I looked at this. We're going to do this now within the next three years. Well, maybe you only got two years left, but my point is you're always looking ahead, you know, not getting so far ahead of yourself where it's people say it's unrealistic. Well, I don't even care about that. I just believe in dreaming big, period. That's it. You know, we'll throw it out there. We'll see where it goes and when it comes back. But the idea is if you're going to just stifle yourself and say, okay, because you see this with a lot of people that have made it, is they'll get to a certain point, whether it's business and money and all that, and say, I'm comfortable now. Most of them I read about go the other way, and a lot of them die broke. I can't see that for me in any way, shape, or form because – I'm not a guy that would get lazy if I had, you know, I could have $5 or $10 million right now. It, the only thing that would change is I'd have a hell of a lot more freedom. Like if I said to you, hey, Beth, you know what? I've decided next week I'm going to go to Iceland and lift the Husafell stone again. Well, I could get on Iceland Air and go do it and not look back, all right? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about freedom because that's what you can do with things. And to me... All I want to do is the same notion as Walt Disney said. I just want to grow more dreams, dream bigger, go out and accomplish more. That, to me, is what it's all about, at least for me. So, you know, you can comment on any of that. If not, I know you're doing powerlifting now in the all-arounds. Let's hit that, and maybe we'll have some time. Maybe we can bang away at a little uh, mind work. But go ahead and take take it. It's all yours. Yeah, well, well, what, so what do you want to know about the lifting I'm doing now? So I'll, okay. I'll you tell me where you want me to start. Okay, well, let's talk about powerlifting first. Yeah, so um, so let me think how I got into that. So actually, so I've, I've got three kids. So my youngest is three years old now and okay. almost four. And it was, so I, I left roller derby. Well, I, I blew out my knee and I got surgery to recover from that. And then I got pregnant. And then by the time I was, you know, recovered from that, wow. I, I looked yeah. around and I was like, wait a minute, I have three kids and a full-time job. And at the time I had like a deadline to write a book and everything. And I was like, I'm not sure that I'm getting back to roller derby anytime soon. Cause as much as I love it, it's like a huge time commitment because sure. the league is, you know, run by volunteers. So it's not just the practice time. It's, you know, everything else involved in running. So I, I retired from roller derby. Um, and I just sort of like, wasn't very active for a while after that. And, um, and then I was like, you know, I got to get back into doing something. I got to get back into working out, but I, you know, didn't really like feel, you know, like I didn't have anything that was like really propelling me like roller derby had. Um, but so I just started like dabbling around again and I got, you know, class pass, which is this app that lets you say like, Oh, I want to take one class at this gym here or one class at this like yoga studio or whatever. And so I did that. And one place I ended up coming back to over and over again was this CrossFit place. And I really liked getting stronger and everything. And then I said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better. I think I want to try to run a half marathon. And then I, I kind of thought about it. So cardio or CrossFit really combines like cardio and lifting at the same time. And I was like, that's great, but I need to do my cardio with running. And so then when I spend time in the gym, I want it to be just lifting. Yep. So that's when I, so I sort of like split those things back apart and I was running and I was going to the gym and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to lift? And so I, there's a lot of like beginner powerlifting type programs out there and I already knew how to squat bench and deadlift. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so I was working on those lifts and, um, and I was doing that. And this May I ran my half marathon and I, you know, was very happy with that. 
And, um, and it was actually a few days before that half marathon, like literally that day I went to the gym like once or twice, um, or that week I went just once or twice just to, um, get a little bit of lifting in before I had to like rest and rest up for the marathon. And that was when I ran into John McCain. Yep. And so he, um, and so I was doing, you know, like some deadlifts or something. And I, I'm, I'm like, who's that? Guy? I was like, why is that guy watching me? I could tell like from the corner <laughs> of my eyes, he's like watching yep. me. Yep. Um, and so, you know, afterwards we got to talking and he was like, do you compete? And, you know, I wasn't competing in powerlifting yet. I still haven't, but I have, I do have a meet on the horizon now. Okay. Um, and I was like, no, do you? And then he's, he was like, oh yeah. He, and he told me all about all round lifting. Yep. And he was like, you, you might like it, look it up. And so, um, so I went home and I looked it up and I, you know, so all round lifting is like, it, it's fairly obscure. There aren't a lot of people who do it. Right. There are lots of different lifts and lots of different like things you can learn. And, um, he had told me there was a record day coming up, which is one of these meets where you get to pick your own lift and you just pick something where there either is no record that's set, like no, re- no national record in your, like your particular weight class and age, yep. um, you know, or where there's a, there is a record, but you think you can beat it. So I was like right. looking at this and trying to figure it out. And the funny thing is I didn't, I didn't see John at the gym again for a while after that. Like, I guess yep. we were just going at different times and I yep. was, I was starting to think like, this is sounding like one of those ghost stories where like, <laughs> I doubt like, Oh, that person died a hundred years ago today. Yeah. 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 But, um, but in the meantime, I was like, I was asking around, like I had friends who did powerlifting and stuff. And I was asking around, like, do you, you know, have you ever heard about all round lifting? And everybody's response to me was, I've never heard of it, but it sounds cool. You should do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I realized, so I told you, I like, I write about science and stuff. And there's a, a scientist that I know who I, I just sort of like had a hunch. And I, I wrote to this guy, <clears throat> his name's James Heathers. And he, and I was like, have you ever heard of all round lifting? And it turns out he used to do it, um, and he knew almost all of the lifts. And, Incredible. Yep. And so, and so, like, I've still never met him in person, but I was like, you know, DMing him on Twitter, basically. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he helped me like decide on, you know, like what lifts I, I would ask him about some of the lifts, and and one of the ones that he recommended that I think is just a personal favorite of his is the bent press. Okay. And that that was how the bent press got on my radar, and it turns out. It's this very, um, it's like this sort of like legendary lift that's also very like obscure these days. Like you won't see anybody doing it in a gym, but it's, um, but like back in the day, there's, you know, like legends about, you know, like what was it? Like Arthur Saxon could do something pounds. I I don't, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. And there are a lot of things like written about it, about like how it works, because it's, it's a really it, like I found it just a really interesting lift to think about and to try to puzzle out because, you know, and, and as my friend was telling me, like, you know, he was like, I can explain how it works, but you really just have to like feel it out, figure out how it works for your body because the whole time. So you're like holding this weight. So just to give your, your listeners sort of a visual here. So I was doing it with a barbell. So first I had to learn, Oh, you can do it with a dumbbell too, but I I wanted to do it with a barbell because it's not, it looks so much cooler. So holding it in the middle. So you're balancing this barbell in one hand. So you you pick it up and you have it, the barbell's in your hand and your hand, you know, like, and then your elbow is resting on your hip. 
yep. so that the weight is going straight down from the barbell through your hand and arm to your hip to your leg. So even if it's a weight that you couldn't, the whole idea is this is a weight that you could not press overhead. Um, so it's like a heavy enough weight, but it's just resting on like your skeletal structure. Mm-hmm. And so the the way this lift works is instead of lifting it, you sort of like twist and rotate your body, like your torso, so that you're still supporting your arm while you bend down underneath the weight. Yeah. And it is it is so weird because it's it's so much more about your stabilizing muscles. Like you have to have good like forearm strength and good lats and you know, like your triceps barely even get into it. Yeah. And so you bend over and you do these weird contortions and by the time your arm is straight then all you have to do is stand up, That's which awesome. is not easy. But. No, it's not. Not at all. But I remember John telling me, too, your form was – he said – I think he said to me, um, you have the best form he's ever seen now. That's a guy that's been training 60 years, so I would take that as, like, gospel then. I mean, uh, you know, you've talked to John enough. I, I like John for I well I like him for a number of reasons, but I do like him because he's blunt as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I like people like that because then we don't have to play any shenanigans. And I find out, you know, a half a year later, you've been you know not not true at all. I'll just use that. I I'd like to get real vulgar about it, but I'm not gonna. Um, and and I think that's a great thing. I mean, that picture was incredible. Um, now. I know you now you've got something coming up, Beth, for the all rounds, you said, I believe, before we came on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell everybody what's going on with that. So, okay, so I so I did this meet right with the bent press. And so I set national and world records with both my right and left arm because they're separate records. Um, And I did, you know, another lift or two. And then like a week or two after that, um, I saw John in the gym again. And and I had seen him before this. He turned out not to be a ghost. He's a real person. Um, yeah, the ghost. But, but he was like, you know, I was thinking he was like, I, I know. Well, actually, after the meet, I was like, that was fun. What am I going to do next? And that's when I signed up for a powerlifting meet. And that's still coming up. It's going to be around Thanksgiving time. OK. okay. Um, but anyhow, when I saw him in the gym after this this record day, um, he was like, you know, I know you want to do a powerlifting meet. But why would you do a local powerlifting meet when you could go to Kansas and be a world champion? Oh, yeah. And. I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. So yeah. The, so the world championships of all round lifting is um, it's held, you know, in a different place every year. And sometimes it's England, sometimes it's Australia, sometimes it's the U.S. And this year it's in the U.S. Um, and so and he was like, oh, those those lifts wouldn't be too hard for you. Um, and I I looked them up. And so there are seven lifts. Yep. They are all things that I've never done before. OK. <laughs> Some of them have, you know like a, a very significant learning curve. And my, my first thought was like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe, you know, there just aren't that many people competing and or not that many women competing. And like, maybe I can just, you know, like do a few singles here and there and learn the lift and then go and do it. And um, so I started trying out some of these lifts. I also started, you know, like trying to, to get a sense of like who else might be there, who are the other good lifters, you know, in this mm-hmm. association, like who I still don't know who's going to be there. But as I'm looking it up, like I'm, I'm seeing like these women who are very strong and, yeah. you know, some of them have set records in some of these lifts. And that was, that, that was great because it was sort of like a fire under my ass that like, if I sure. train really hard, I might be able to do something good here. Yeah. And so, um, 
And so I, so I've been working on those lifts and two of them are Olympic lifts, which I've, you know, like in CrossFit every now and then they'll have you do like a snatch or something, Sure, sure. Um, but it's not the same as like getting like real coaching and instruction and like, this is how we do Olympic lifts. So I was like, oh, okay. So there's a, there's a hang snatch and there's a one hand clean and jerk. Wow. And, and I was like, you know, the one thing I know I can do is hold a barbell in one hand. Right, <laughs> so I wasn't right. intimidated yep. by that. I was like, it's just like the clean and the jerk part that's hard. Sure, so I sure. actually found a, a local weightlifting gym where I could get some coaching okay. on like how to yep. actually do these lifts. So that's like a whole nother thing that I've been learning how to do. And I love it. I think I like it more than powerlifting. So maybe once this is all over, I might be <laughs> focusing on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, but it, it's great. I love that it's like these seven different lifts. They're all things that I've never done before, but they all like relate to things that I've done before. You yeah, know, like yeah, there's, yep. there's two different types of deadlifts that each have something weird going on about them. There's like a thumbless deadlift, yep, right? Yep. Where you, you do it double overhand and you can't use your thumbs. Yep. And, um, you know, and, but like yesterday I just did that in the gym with two plates. So 225 pounds, which, you Pretty know, awesome. Earlier this year, I couldn't deadlift that at all in any way. And today I just walked up or yesterday I just like walked up. Um, somebody else was doing some other exercise on it. And I was like, mind if I use this bar for a second? And I just like walked up and lifted it with I no thumbs. It. Well, let so, me ask, let me ask you this. Obviously, you've done a ton of things athletically. There's no doubt about it. But what what I mean, obviously, you can tell by your attitude, you're going to go after things. What, what do you think is so unique about you that you can go and just dive into things and get it done? <laughs> um, There's got to be, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to think what it I mean, like, partly, partly like anything, something that like, I've been told a lot by by John, but also by like any, you know, coach I've worked with or whatever. People say things like you move really well or you have good movement mm-hmm. patterns. Yep, or yep, and, like yep. I think I I think, you know, in terms of like what I, you know, may have been like gifted with is like I'm not particularly strong or particularly, you know, good at, you know, like most things. But like I do have a good sense of my body, I think. And like yeah, I yep. figure out like with the bent press, it was very much about like figuring out how to get my body supporting the weight in the right way, you know? So so I feel like that's, that's like an advantage that I have. And then beyond that, it's just sort of like, I just love the feeling of mastering something that used to seem impossible. No, I agree. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. And I really, and I really have to do it. So this is another thing I've learned about myself, like over the years is that like, I can't have like a big goal or like a really far away goal or a really big dream Um, I need to have like something that's like a short term goal. It has to be like just the right size of goal where I'm like in two months I can do this or in three months I can do this or in, you know, or between now and next week, I want to be able to figure out like some piece of this. Like I need like these short term goals to motivate myself. And then like as I master each little thing, I'm like, oh, hey, I know how to, you know, hold a barbell in one hand now. And like, oh, hey, I can do this now and then you just like build on that so and and yeah. i guess beyond that just the other thing is like i'm not afraid to try well like, I'm, uh, yeah yeah go ahead yeah just like so, some of these like weird lifts like i know some people would be like you know one hand clean and jerk what and i'm it's like well you know actually i i had mentioned to my my friend james um you know who i talked about about some of this and yeah. i asked him, like what's, yeah. what's a one hand clean and jerk like Yep. And, you know, and and I was like, how how do I work up to it? Am I going to get hurt the first time I try it? And what he said was, 
dang it, coward. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And so I did. That's, that's like what I tell myself now before I lift. If I'm having any doubt, like, dang it, coward. Yeah, no, it's perfect because one of the biggest things is this, you know, is like we talk attitude, your will, how you get things done. But you got enthusiasm and see that's the biggest thing because when you're that enthused about something, you might in the back of your mind, you might have some fear. Everybody does, but you're going to go through that because like you said, you know, I call it like bite size success. Mm -hmm. You keep, you keep gnawing away, you get another piece, another piece, another piece. And pretty soon that goal is gigantic. He just fulfilled without saying, okay, I'm going to look down the train tracks to the end result. And, better that what you're doing there than go that route because a lot of people just can't look that far into the future and i understand that totally because i i i go both ways with it i you know i know that when I, what i'm trying to do right now out there is very different than what i've done before but i have a tendency too to get well very aggressive number one but number two I only I only just take so much before I'm going to either unleash on it or it's going to crush me right through the floor. All right, I'm not. I can't say I'm impatient, but when you you know you you got to feel this. It's like when you know what you want to do, but maybe you don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. But yet that that you know that that inner power within you and your mind, it's like driving you like a madman. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I want to get this done, man. I'm doing this today or not. And I am like that. And I train alone. Okay. So once in a while, my brother-in-law friend now and then come over, but you know, you're not going to get a lot of takers who want to do the type of power rack work we're doing, but we're going to get takers now because we've already started. And then secondly, you know, not everybody's going to want to come and lift stones and sandbags in the array, but I got a set up here that blow your mind. I mean, you look at my place and you're like, holy God, man, you got all that in a one car garage. You got stuff outside and you got a 95 foot driveway, stones, tires, everything. It's all there. Um, it's pretty unique. And I always, you know, I've had people, there's a guy that's going to come back he needs to lose 100 pounds. I don't call it weight loss. We're just going to put him back the way he should be. Um, too much of that for me, too. Um, and it's going to just be basic things that most people say, that won't do anything. Well, I guarantee it will do plenty. But we got to get his head on straight. And his head's not on straight, and that's why you see so many people do so many things. They have a little bit of success, and then you see him, you know, 10 months later. And it's like, what the hell happened to you? You know, they never got their mind straight. And everybody thinks, oh, I just say a few things, it's all done. If it's taking you 20 or 30 years to create bad habits, do you think it's going to all be done in a month? No way. And that's one thing I'm extremely honest with with people, maybe too honest, and they're like, well, this won't work for me. Well, then you're going to go to some other, you know, swindler somewhere, and you're going to pay a lot of money. You know, they'll do what you need to do or come close and you'll be happy, but you'll be back again. And I'd rather see somebody, you know, if you want to come back and maintain, fine, or get better, or whatever you want to do. But when you leave here, you know, whether you got to lose 100 pounds or you want to increase your squat or whatever, I want to see you put in a place where you can go and fundamentally do it yourself now. 
Now, is it going to be comfortable, easy? Of course not, because we hit brick walls all the time. You got to figure it out, or you, like you said, you get a little coaching, you do some reading, you know, you you're on bent knee in tears almost because you just got your ass broken again. But this is all part of being great and successful, however you want to look at success in your life. And this stuff is no small peanuts anywhere. You know, I think I think physical culture should be taught in schools. I don't care about other sports at all. I used to like a lot of it. I don't watch. The only thing I watch occasionally if I'm in the house and I don't watch anymore for an inning, I might watch a New York Yankee game because I'm a New Yorker. I don't even I don't like base. I don't like the way any of it's gone. It's not about the game anymore. It's all the commercials or the story. I don't care about any of that. I want to see people go out and compete. They were talking one time, Beth, and I'll give this to you because we'll we'll wind the show up. Is this? I was reading a lot of stuff about the Yankees in the '90s. You know, when they won all the championship. Well, they won previous, but the '90s was big for Yankees. Joe Torre was the coach who I think. Is just incredible, 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 incredible. But the general manager was Gene Michael, who was a former, you know, major league player. And I remember them talking about because we had talked on the show about stuff like this. When he was looking to bring players in, he wanted players that never wanted to lose. That if they lost, they get so pissed off. It was like, wait till we come back tomorrow. And I got to thinking about that, you know, with what we do with physical culture. And it's that same type of mentality. Nobody wants to go out on that platform and get their ass kicked, though we do. And that's all part of growing. And eventually, it's that big snowball coming down the mountain. It keeps gaining more and more momentum. And as you do that in your life and keep growing your momentum, as I said, you want to see things go to your personal life. Your career life, you know, I had a, I'll talk, I'll say his name at the end of the show, Frank Klein. I had him for all my business courses in college. By far, probably one of the greatest uh, professors I've ever encountered. He was a big guy. He looked, he had the big walrus mustache and he was a um, semi-pro football coach too. So the minute we walked in, a few of us, he was right on us. And I, you know, I, I became very good friends with him in and out of um, school, obviously. And, um, you know, he was just so big on all that stuff, you know, with the repetition, 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 the whole thing. And these things matter. If you want to have success, you got to start thinking like success. And there's, you know, I always say the the skill is only going to get you so far. It's when you get the injury or the surgery, or your personal life falls right into the bottom, that's when we find out what you're made of. And those are the tests and and trials, as I said with my buddy Richie. Yeah, he kept going, but he was never the same. And eventually he just dropped out. So I don't want to ever go that way. You know, John and I have talked, if anything, and my brother John, he's out in Seattle. We were talking about it a few weeks ago. I said, I'd rather be dead than not be able to lift anymore. And people, I've said that before, and people will be like, that's pretty callous. I was like, well, you don't understand physical culture. Beth, take your time, summarize everything, give out, you know, obviously ways people can get a hold of you. Um, Let me do my thing, and we'll sign off for the day, please. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know, something that, that stands up at me from, you know, some of what you were just saying is like, 
you know, like the like lifting is what motivates you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've sort of, you know, like been in different places in my life where there are different things that motivate me in terms of like what it is that I really want to succeed in or whatever. And like everybody's different, you know, like if if somebody, you know, doesn't like doesn't get that into lifting or whatever, like, you know, when I was doing this class pass thing and trying out all the different studios, like I I heard so many people say bar is great. So it's like this ballet sort of ballet related. It's not really, I actually also got to take ballet classes, which I thought were really fun. But, um, but like some people love bar classes and they use that and they like, that is their exercise and they get like super strong and super fit that way. And I tried it and it was the most boring thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, there are people that have like very different tastes than me that still like find their own path. Sure. And, you know, and I, I think that's really cool that there are so many different ways you can approach, you know, if you want to call it physical culture or, you know, however you want to think about it. There's so many different like ways that you can challenge your body or like even if you can't lift, like, you know, if you have a body, there's something that you can ask it to do and see whether you can do it. And so um, I, I just think it's amazing sometimes to see like the, the variety of things that people can do and challenge themselves with. So I think that's really cool. Um, no, I agree. Go ahead. Oh, and just in terms of where people can find me, um, I, social media wise, I think probably the best place is Instagram. So I'm Beth SKW okay. and I, you know, post, you'll be able to see like some of what I'm doing as I'm training for worlds and some of these weird ass lifts that I'm doing. That's and, cool. um, yeah, so I, I think that's it for me. Okay. This is motivation muscle streaming radio 24 seven. Go out to um, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, winners and champions also, too. Don't forget about prosperity consciousness. Um, that goes right out to my mail or my, um, uh, I can't even think of the name, PayPal account, and uh, it goes right into the business. Also, too, don't forget to go out to um, MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. This show with Beth it's probably going to be up tomorrow, Monday morning at the latest, um, depending on, you know, I've got to get out of here shortly and do a bunch of stuff. And we got family coming over tonight. So I don't know how much I'll be able to do tonight, but we'll see what happens. Sometimes you get the energy about 10 o'clock at night and I can do it like that. We'll see. Also, too, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Also, too, investment, as we said, come on in here and advertise on MotivationMuscle.com. Also, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Also, too, um, if there's a show you'd like Beth and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at NICAP.R.com. We're on, let's see, iTunes and Stitcher. We get five-star reviews. We thank everybody for that. We're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and we're out on an array of things. I can't name it all. But if you want to get us in your car, go out to AHA Directory. That's pronounced AHA. You get M&M 24-7. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change their lives and your lives forever. Believe me, words have power. How many times have I said that? Words have power. When we were kids, my mom would always say, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. And I think more so now than ever. Um, if you see somebody in need or somebody just comes up and says hello to you, it doesn't hurt to say hello back. Believe me, you'd be amazed at who you meet out there. And, uh, you know, as Beth and I were talking about, you might just meet somebody that's doing what you're doing and they're better than you. 
Um, so, you know, never be afraid to do that. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, push it, press it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as the great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says, in blood red domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Russell Furr, who's been listening to Eminem since the beginning, says, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave, brother, and it gets higher and wider every day. Frank Klein, my greatest college professor, business, he'd say, repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win, winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge. My greatest chiropractor ever. He was like a father figure because I had lost my dad long before I met John. We lost John four years ago last month to cancer. I miss John like you wouldn't believe. He would walk everybody to the door, open the door, and say, keep smiling. We talk about paradigm shifts. Let me tell you, that's a paradigm shift. Don't be afraid to walk around. I say I, it's whispering in my head all the time. Keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof right off your house. Join our family. We're going to be here for 30 more years. You need us. We need you. Sign up. Get in on Etched in Stone on Facebook. Etched in Stone for kids on Facebook. Fiorella Barbell Company, go out and look at the blog post all over. John McKean's one of our main writers, obviously. Steve Gardner and many more. We got a hell of a team here, let me tell you. Also, too, um, Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And Before I sign off with Beth, you're all winners. You're all champions. You're all unstoppable. And you're all geniuses. And if you're not hearing that or you got put down artists all around you, time to leave. It's time to go out and forge your own way. And believe me, it might be a little hard at first for you. But once you do this and you believe in yourself, and that's the big thing, your beliefs, you'll be happier in hell you did it. You don't need that. So never be afraid to break away from the pack if the pack's not working for you. Beth, it's an honor to have you on. I wish you all the best. I want to have you back here if you'd like to come back. And uh, thanks for being here. It was a great show. Very good guest. You articulate very well. And I thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on here. It's been fun. Definitely. Without a doubt. All right, everybody. Like I said, the show will be up tomorrow at some point, if not first thing Monday morning. So for uh, Beth Skoracki, this is Eric Fiorello. We will talk to you soon, and all I can say is um, life's asking something from you. Go out and deliver, because I'm telling you, it'll come back to you tenfold. We'll talk to you soon, everybody, and go out and smash some weights, because there's nothing like it. Physical culture is the key to everything. We'll talk to you soon. and. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.